chances are you've checked your water intake, you've checked your fiber intake, and you're moving your body regularly, which those are the three like common risk factors for being constipated for most people. If you haven't looked at those things, go look at them. Definitely, those are like the easy, low-hanging fruit to check out. If you've done those things and are still struggling, let's talk about some other things that may be causing it. Hey everyone, welcome to the Nourished and Thriving Show. I'm your host, Katie Lovett. I'm a registered dietitian on a mission to help you increase your impact and legacy on the world while healing your gut and reducing your IBS symptoms. I'm so grateful to have you here. Each week, I'll inspire you to live vibrantly and provide valuable resources and information that empowers you to take bold action towards your health goals. Before we dive in, make sure you follow or subscribe to my show wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. Ready? Let's go! All right, guys, we're getting real today. We're getting real into it. (laughs) So I, I, you know, I talk a lot about gut symptoms in a general sense. I talk about mindset. We talk about food. We talk about real things a lot, but today we're talking specifically about constipation. So if this is not something that you're, you know, used to talking about, you know, just get rid of the uncomfortable uncomforts. You know, you're here for a reason. If this is something that you're struggling with, I can really help. So listen in. You don't have to tell your coworker what you're listening to. Listen in. Share it with somebody who would benefit from it because this is something that's not talked about enough in a way that's really meaningful that helps people. So we're talking about constipation today. And first of all, let's talk about what it is. What does it mean to be constipated? You know, a lot of the time, the generic guidance or guideline is if you're going less frequently, if you're having a bowel movement less frequently than three times a week, you're constipated. Well, you know, I feel like that is just not a great definition. So we're going to define it by a few different parameters. So first of all, we know that it is optimal to have a bowel movement every single day. This is a major way of your body detoxifying things that it doesn't need in the body anymore. So if you're not having a bowel movement, if you're not eliminating those toxins, they're staying in your body longer. And we know that that's not good. I would say that you're constipated and, you know, other people who do gut health stuff say that constipation is also, you know, struggling or straining to have a bowel movement if it's painful. And then the other parameter that we're going to use is not completely evacuating whenever you have a bowel movement, like still feeling like there is some stool inside that needs to come out that is not moving into the rectum and being able to be eliminated. So those are the the guidelines that we're going to use to talk about constipation. So not going, you know, less than three times a week, but ideally every day. It's not going to be perfect for everyone, right? All the time. And there's different circumstances like travel or situations where it's not going to be like this, but in general, that's our goal, right? No pain, no straining when you're going and really feeling like the elimination is complete right? We're not having a backup. That can actually be a major cause of bloating. So there's another tip for you there. And if you feel like you're bloated all the time and you're still going to the bathroom every day, you may not be going completely. And that I've seen in my work with people 
can really be a big driver of bloat. People come to me and they'll think they have SIBO and we do a test and their SIBO test is negative. You know, I think that they're probably at higher risk of developing SIBO because things can back up and build back up into the small intestine. SIBO is the overgrowth of bacteria in the small intestine. So not necessarily bad bacteria, but things, bacteria that should be there in the large intestine, not the small intestine. It can cause a lot of things like malabsorption, bloating, pain, diarrhea, constipation but you know if you're if you're not fully eliminating that can be a risk factor for SIBO but even if you don't have SIBO it can make you bloat almost like you do I've seen that happen before so why can it happen a lot of different things you know I just gave you one reason SIBO whenever you have methanogen overgrowth sometimes it's still lumped into the SIBO category sometimes you'll now hear it called IMO or intestinal methanogen overgrowth because they're not technically bacteria and it, it tends to cause constipation stuff like that not enough water not enough fiber those are the very generic recommendations that you're going to hear from providers a lot of the time and you know that's fine and great and that's a really great place to start but if you're listening to this podcast if you're spending hours of your life researching answers to gut health chances are you've checked your water intake you've checked your fiber intake and you're moving your body regularly which those are the three like common risk factors for being constipated for most people if you haven't looked at those things go look at them definitely those are like the easy low-hanging fruit to check out if you've done those things and are still struggling let's talk about some other things that may be causing it so SIBO or intestinal methanogen overgrowth as you'll hear them interchange it just recently was divided out into its own category so you'll still hear it talked about both ways that can be causing it stress anxiety trapped emotions we even talk about this in my course of you know emotions that are not processed and dealt with can present in a physical way if you're stressed out and anxious all the time it can definitely impact your your gut health and your bowel movement habits either as diarrhea or constipation and you know our gut actually is called the second brain because it has a lot of neurons in it it actually deals with thoughts and processes new learning and emotion and and produces 70 percent of our body's serotonin which is our feel-good hormone so our gut is really at the factor of a lot of these emotional things so if you have some unresolved trauma some ongoing chronic stress that can definitely be a driver for constipation as well poor motility imbalanced um, microbiome things like strictures they're a little bit less common but it is a possibility that that could be going on those can all be contributors to constipation so if you've done the whole like i'm getting you know 25 to 35 grams of fiber a day i'm chewing my food really well that's another tip that people won't tell you but chew your food really well i'm drinking my water i'm moving my body i got a squatty potty and i'm still constipated and struggling there's a few other things that you can do you know first of all i think it's really important that you figure out why why is it going on if at all possible figure out the root cause. That's something I do every single day with my clients is ask why. And we seek to find answers. We don't always fully understand the why because we are very complex 
beings, right? Our bodies are amazing and we don't fully understand them. We know like a tiny iceberg amount, most likely about the microbiome and about our bodies. And we're learning more and more every day, which is really cool. But we really seek to understand why, because once you understand why, then you can put the things in place to correct that issue. If you don't know why something is happening and you're just going after chasing the symptoms, the symptoms are just going to stay there because you're not getting after that root cause. So it's really important to understand that. I do this with my clients by, you know, functional stool testing. So really understanding how well are they digesting their food? What does inflammation look like in their gut? Do they have, you know, leaky gut going on? What's the microbiome look like? Do they have enough of these good organisms that are promoting good gut health? Are they imbalanced or do they not have enough? enough organisms. You know, antibiotics are so overprescribed in our society that a lot of the time, you know, like I, for example, I was given tons of antibiotics as a kid, ear infections and strep throat and everything under the sun. I think most kids back in the, you know, eighties and nineties probably were because we didn't realize back then how problematic this over, over reliance of antibiotics would be, but it's a real issue, but that can really cause low amounts of these beneficial organisms that help support good gut health. We go into this a lot more deep, deeper in my course, but it's really important for you to start looking at that. Stress is another one that we touched on, you know, really asking yourself, am I priding myself on being stressed all the time? Is it just become a standard of living? Am I having some chronic stress? What can I do to change it? And really taking responsibility for how you're responding to the circumstances in your life instead of being the victim. Because victims, like there's not anything you can do. And so sometimes it's really easy to pass the buck onto a circumstance or a different person. But the bad news is, is that keeps you stuck in the exact same spot. So managing that stress is really important. I mentioned chewing your food, you know, 25 to 30 times per bite at least. I say this probably on almost every podcast episode I record and like half of my social media posts, but it's because it's so important. And I've had so many of my clients tell me like, oh my gosh, Katie, Chewing my food has been game changing for me and I don't want you to pay me so that me telling you to chew your food better is is like the most helpful thing. So I'm giving you free, like my most helpful tip that I get from people. We have a lot of other tips too, but chewing your food really well. And then a couple of other things, I'm gonna give you guys three other things, three other things to try out if you are constipated. And these are more to reduce symptoms while you figure out the underlying cause. Okay. I don't want you necessarily to just do these things and rely on them without also having a long-term plan. So we talk a lot in my gut rehab course about how we have a short-term plan and a long-term plan. Short-term plan is at is aimed at reducing your symptoms today so that you can feel better and have more energy and show up right now and make the decisions you need to make to support your health long-term. Okay, and then the long-term plan is going to be, what can I do that over time will support my gut health to help reduce the risk of these symptoms coming back and reduce and improve my quality of life and reduce my risk of chronic illnesses? Because most of the people coming to me, yeah, they care about the stuff in the short term, but people also really care about how they're gonna be living their lives 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, right? 
So, but it's hard to make those decisions when you don't feel good, right? So we're talking about this. Most of the free tips you're getting online from Instagram, blogs, YouTube, that's a lot of it is going to be aimed at short-term plans, right? Because the longer-term plan requires a little more work. It's harder to share that information in these short little soundbite snippets that we produce here online. So I'm going to give you guys three more kind of short-term things to help get you feeling better so you can make the decisions you need to make to help support your long-term health. So the first one is the I love you massage. If you haven't tried this one, it can really help if you have a fussy baby. It can help with them, and maybe you've done it on a colicky baby before, but it can help support us too if you're struggling with constipation. And you're basically gonna do an upside down IL and U. You're gonna start your left rib and go down to your left hip, and you're just gonna do kind of like pulsating, like medium tension massage. Do this at night before you go to bed, and it just helps to kind of stimulate that motility of your gut. But I, and then you're gonna do an L, it's gonna be upside down, and so from your right rib to your left rib, and then down to your left hip, do that a few times. And then the U is right hip to right rib, over across to the left rib, and then down to the left hip. So I love you. Do each letter a few times and then you can repeat the whole sequence a few times too. The second thing that you can try is castor oil packing. I really love, I'm not an affiliate or anything like that. I really love the Queen of the Thrones brand. It's organic castor oil. They have this little cloth that ties on. It makes it less messy. It has not been shown to increase the frequency of having a bowel movement. If you're thinking about like ingesting castor oil that can cause diarrhea, you're just wearing it on a cloth on your skin. It actually has some decent science behind it to help promote detoxification from the liver and it can help make your bowel movements softer and easier to pass. So it's not going to like have you running to the bathroom, but it can just help if you're, if you're struggling. Um, if you're not that like fully eliminating, that could be a really great thing for you to try. The other, the last tip I'm going to give you guys here, I've sprinkled some other ones throughout the episode, but concentrating on these three at the end is to magnesium. Now there's different types of magnesium that are, you know, absorbed different ways. So make sure that you do some research, but magnesium citrate is like given for colonoscopy prep, right? You don't want to do that level because you don't want to be like, you don't want to be acting like you're prepping for a colonoscopy. I had a client once that had ordered some magnesium. I don't even remember what type it was now online and she would be like alternating between diarrhea and constipation and so she would be constipated would take some magnesium and then she'd be like in the bathroom the next day dealing with like awful diarrhea and so I was talking with her and I was like well what are we doing with this magnesium like tell me more about this apparently it was this like gigantic bag of magnesium and it came with a huge scooper in it and the serving size of the magnesium was one scoop and she was giving herself one scoop and it was like, it was a lot of magnesium. <laughs> and so we reduced that down and she did much better. So you do have to be careful with the dosage of it, but I would say start with one teaspoon and you can increase it from there. I would wait three days before you increase the dose and then wait three more days, but that can help get you some relief. Those three things um, can help get you some relief for that. So those are my top tips on constipation. I share those tips. I honestly really hate giving tips online because it's so flat. I know that they can be really helpful for you guys, but I don't want you to just rely on these free tips because they can help you with the short-term plan. But like I said, the long-term plan 
is really more valuable, you know, if you're able to get to that place where you're really um, supporting your health and longevity and quality of life as you get older, you know, really start thinking about that and what that might look like for you. But use these short-term tips to help get you to that place. So I hope that you guys found this episode helpful. Let me know what questions you guys have and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to the entire episode. I hope you are feeling inspired and empowered to take bold action towards your health goals. If you enjoy what you heard, don't forget to follow my show so you never miss a new episode. And it would mean the world to me if you left me a review so others knew what to expect from my show. Last, get in touch. Let me know what bold action you're taking. Let me know how you're inspired. Follow me on Instagram at the underscore healthy gut underscore dietitian. I've put a link in my show notes for you so you can simply click and follow. Come say hi. I respond to all my messages and I can't wait to get in touch.